Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> We've had a great time since our last podcast. We've had some people responding to uh, what we've said. Some, some Notably uh, the Dodgers? Notably, well, they've responded to us on Twitter. I don't think they've actually listened to our podcast. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> they found our Twitter somehow. They've been talking to you on Twitter quite a bit, man. They're, they've been responding to your stuff. And, and Sue Joe even gave you a, a thumbs up, right? Or gave you some hearts. Yep. It was hard. That was great. Yeah, I was complimenting her. Next you know, step. Next step. We're gonna we're gonna hang out with Justin Turner. I think that would be ideal. That would be ideal. Um, so right now, August thirteenth, twenty eighteen, the Dodgers are in a little bit of a slump. Lost three of four in Colorado to the Rockies. Not great. Not great. But there is a silver lining in all of that. Because you know what merchandise came out today? Are you talking about Kike Hernandez? I'm talking about the Kike Hernandez shirt. Can you tell me? Can okay. You tell me? I know what it is. But I'm ready. All right. I don't think you are ready. I don't think anybody was ready I'm looking, for this. Okay. So listeners, I'm I'm looking at this right now. Josie's about to tell you what we're looking at. So it's Kike and Utley, and in our last episode, we actually talked about the whole father-son dynamic that exists between uh, Chase and Kike, and this just takes it to a whole new level. So it's them standing together, and it says "Best Dad." ever <laughs> so i'm looking at this shirt here so it says best dad ever and and utley is standing over a a kike who's like sitting down and his hands are folded on his shoulder they look like a very very nice father-son duo they're not actually father-son but utley's got his, his silver fox hair and utley, and uh kike looks like a kid it's beautiful it's a beautiful shirt it really is if anybody's interested it's on you can only get it from kike hernandez's shop this isn't mlb official merch or anything but it's only 25 dollars they're two different I mean, colors we're only getting sponsored for ten thousand dollars for this ad so but it's a great plug so yeah <laughs> go go get this shirt from kike it's fantastic it really i mean is. i know i would buy it myself but i already bought that d mountain shirt so <laughs> you're obsessed with the merch hey ever since joe davis explained it to us live on air He's a beautiful I man. Mean, yeah. He confirmed that it stands for Dick Mountain and I have to have it. <laughs> By the way, Dick is short for Richard. Richard, yeah. It's no, clean, this is, I promise. It's totally clean. This is a family-friendly podcast, everyone. Please. <laughs> so, coming down from cloud nine from the silver lining, we just came out of a four-game set in Colorado. Didn't go great. Didn't go great at all. We That's had, an understatement. We had some sure. dark spots, Joe. Really dark spots. Yeah, like the last three games. The la- it was well, a dark stretch. Okay. Well, <laughs> but the last two games in particular, we lost in walk-offs. That's true. The first game on Saturday, we lost in the bottom of the ninth. It was, what, a three-run home run? Yeah, well, we were winning two to nothing because freaking Walker Bueller, he's a beautiful pitcher, starting pitcher. He blanked. The Rockies. Mm-hmm. He blanked the Rockies, started the game, blanked them, and then our bullpen blew it. Chagua in the ninth inning allowed a three-run home run for a walk-off mm-hmm. home run. And then on Sunday, we were tied going into the bottom of the ninth. Floro loaded the bases, allowed a walk-off walk. That's the problem with not having a consistent closer on the mound. Why don't we have a consistent closer? Jansen can't handle the high altitude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean it. This isn't the first time that he's had problems with an irregular heartbeat, specifically while at course. I 100% did not know the high altitudes had anything to do with his heart condition, but mm-hmm. what? Yeah, um, the other one that's back in 2015, he actually had an episode very similar to this related to the high altitudes at Course Field. I knew. So in 2015, he had that episode 
um, where he had to call 911, just like he did last week, right? Mm -hmm. But he was able to return to the mound in a few days back in 2015, and it looks like this time he could be out until the end of the month. But we were just talking about this before we recorded. 2011, he was out for a few games. Well, uh, 2011, he was out for a month. He was out, okay, so, well, okay, he missed a month, but back then, and was, was that when he started being our closer? Yeah, his, he's been with the Dodgers since his debut in 2010. My goodness, gosh, I'm getting old. And I old. think in 2010, he was not in very many games. He had something like four saves for us in 2010. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know if he was quite our closer yet by 2011. It's very possible. I guess we should know this, but uh, he was out for a month in 2011. In 2012, he was out, and he had open heart surgery because of his mm -hmm. heartbeat irregulations. Open heart surgery, where they cauterized that extra growth on his heart mm -hmm. or whatever was causing the irregular heartbeat. And now it's back. Yeah, and he actually may have to get that same ablation surgery this offseason. Well, I mean, that would probably be best for him. Do you think he should consider doing that before the offseason? I mean, I don't want to see him in a game and see him like collapse or something in the middle of the ninth inning. Here's the thing about the Dodgers. They're not going to bring him back if he's not ready to be back. He has a follow-up appointment here. on August 20th. And depending on how that goes, we'll see when we get him back. This is a high-pressure field. It's a, it's a high-pressure team. But this it's, is a heart condition. They're I going know. to take it seriously. I know. They know that he's struggled with this in the past, and they don't want to leave. They don't want anything to happen to him. I mean, think about what that would do to his family. He has two kids, a third on the way. I mean, he's a beautiful man. Yes. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, if his doctor... I'm using air quotes here, clears him. And if Jansen says, I want to play, which of course he does, because he's such a competitor, even if he's not really 100%, he's probably going to try to go out there and compete because that's who he is. You know, he wants to fight every single day and he wants to be the closer every single day. So, I mean, there's a chance that he could be going out there before he's 100%. Just like Justin Turner. We won't go back into that. Anyways, Jansen. <laughs> I, you're, she's glaring at me, everybody. Let the record show. <laughs> anyway, back to Jansen. Back to Jansen. Because he's what's important right now. I agree, yes. So he's currently prescribed some blood thinners. And he's come out and said that everyone has kind of been speculating that he's going to be out for about four to six weeks. And he's been saying, it's going to be less than that. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be back. And a lot of people are also saying that because this isn't the first time that he's had problems in Colorado, that maybe we just shouldn't take him back to Colorado with us. But he's not having any of that. Interesting. Because he's a competitor. In an interview, Jansen actually said that he is going back to Denver and he can't be afraid. He can't be scared, I guess. That's what he meant. Oh, interesting. I mm -hmm. thought it was just like, oh, I'm going back out to play. Gosh, I, I really didn't know the, the whole information no. about the high altitudes. But in 2012, that was a similar thing. He was supposed to be out for two to three months and he was only out for three weeks. I mean, he's just such a competitor and he wants to be out there. He wants to be out on the map. Exactly. And you know something else that I found kind of interesting? What's that? Um, in the off-season last year, so January 2017, he was actually put on the 10-day DL for an irregular heartbeat, which is exactly what was going on here. I mean, it sounds like it's a consistent problem. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe shouldn't be, be playing professional baseball with this kind of condition, but I'm not going to complain about him being out there. Yeah, I mean, look at what he's done for us over the years. You know, his career ERA is 2.08. That's amazing. I had mm -hmm. I didn't know it was quite that low. I mean, that's spectacular, really. Also, 
spectacular. He has 262 career saves out of 291 opportunities. That's really unbelievable. Since 2010, he has blown less than 30 save opportunities. That's got to be some kind of record. You would think so. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to be the NL reliever of the year two years in a row if you're not that fantastic. So. Okay, well, go Jansen, best closer in baseball. I'm going to say it. Uh, but how long do we have him on contract? Uh, we have him on contract through, well, I think technically through 2021, but he can opt out after next season. Okay. Okay, well, hopefully his heart condition isn't that big of a deal. Hopefully he can stick around through 2021 because he has really been the best closer that I can remember. I mean, we've had some good closers on the Dodgers over the years, but Jansen, he's had the record for the most uh, attempted close, being the, actually has the most closings, successful closes. God, I'm terrible at this. I mean, he had the most saves in the NL, saves. both in, in 2017 the and the second most in 2016. <laughs> he, has the mo he has the record saves for the Dodgers in Dodgers history <laughs> as the closer. Uh, but he didn't he also have like foot surgery a few a couple years ago and it, he had foot surgery on his pinky toe in 2015 yeah. I think that's, that's what right. that was in 2015 yeah well we miss him his his absence has definitely already been noticed in our win loss with Jansen being gone it really sucks and like we've said there are very few bright sides um, to not having Jansen as our closer in the roster in the lineup every single day. Exactly. I feel like the only bright side that we've mentioned has nothing to do with baseball really at all. <laughs> so let's, let's think about a bright spot in a different spot on our roster. Shall are we, we talking? Okay, what are we talking about? Let's talk about Kershaw. I love Kershaw. He's been the bright side in my life. For the, well, he's been <laughs> one of the bright sides in my life <laughs> since, since forever ago, since 2008. Hey, he's a beautiful man. He's actually on the screen right now, top of the eight, two outs. He's pitching... Could he pitch a comp Oh, he can't pitch a He's over game. 100 pitches. But he's 108 in. pitches in. Anyways, <laughs> he's winning 2-1. to one. He's the winning pitcher of record. But tonight has been Kershaw versus Bumgarner. Yeah, this is the first time that they've seen each other in two years. Well, yeah. They face each other in September of 2016. Um, That's correct. Yeah, so it's been almost, uh, almost exactly two years since they face each other. How many times have they faced each other over their careers? Um, not counting today, ten times. Ten times. And what's That's really right. okay. and what's really interesting about that is they have an even record against each other, five and five. Five and five. So tonight's kind of the tiebreaker, and it looks like Kershaw's going to take it home. Well, who knows if it's the tiebreaker? Hopefully, they both have a very long career. The thing about Bumgarner is he's been a dominant Giants left-handed pitcher, and he's been very formidable against the the Dodgers. And he's been a great pitcher. I have a lot of respect for him as a pitcher, as a player. Uh, as an icon in baseball over the years, but I hate him. Yeah, of course. He's a giant. Of course we're going to hate him. <laughs> of course we're going to hate and him. he's the giant's version of our own Clayton Kershaw. He really is. And so, of course. But, I mean, I may be a little bit biased here because, of course, I'm a diehard Dodger There's fan. There's no bias here. We're totally unbiased, completely unbiased, but... Kershaw is objectively better. Objectively, that's quite a statement, especially coming from a Dodgers fan. You have to back that up. As I've said before, I'm a stats girl. You are a stats girl, and you are very good at being a stats girl. So let's look at their stats, their career stats. 
Kershaw has a better career ERA, 2.37 okay. versus 3. That's okay. That's fantastic. Um, his whip is better, 1 versus 1.1. Okay, it's close. That's very close. Also, also very good stats for walks and hits per innings pitched. Exactly. And then even kind of just looking at the fact that Kershaw has won three Cy Youngs, Bumgarner's won zero. <laughs> Without Kershaw being in the league, I feel, I, I'm pretty sure Bumgarner would have won at least one or two of those. That's the point. Kershaw won over Bumgarner. I agree. He's better. Uh, yes, yes. I, I wasn't trying to argue with that at all. In fact, I'm agreeing like with that. It sounded like you were like, oh yeah, well, Bumgarner didn't win because no, Kershaw no, no. was there. No, uh, what I was saying was it's not that Kershaw is just like overwhelming the competition. I'm saying Bumgarner is also an amazing pitcher. It's true. And he he's is. right up on Kershaw's tail at all times. Can we look at some kind of a little bit weirder, a little bit more obscure things that I think really show Please, how go Kershaw's ahead. Go, have at it. Okay. So... Since 2009, Kershaw has been in the top five in the NL in like batters averages against him in the top five of all pitchers in the NL. By chance, do you have the average in front of you? I don't. It does it by year and it just ranks him by year. So what are those yearly stats? So like I just said, Kershaw has been top five in the NL in batting average against him every year since 2009. Bumgarner, he's been in the top 15 in that same stat since 2012. And oh. then what's even more interesting is when you look at where, they rank, where they've ranked each year in their ERAs in the league, Kershaw has been in the top 10 since 2009, consistently every year in the top 10 in the NL for ERA. Bumgarner, he's been in the top 15 since 2011. That's remarkable. It truly is. These are both two very remarkable pitchers though it does seem like Kershaw does kind of edge him out line by line on most stats but Bumgarner's won the World Series yes but that's not just Bumgarner that's his entire team it's not a set on Bumgarner and his performance alone he what didn't play in all of those games uh, okay but 2014 who was a World Series MVP that's true Bumgarner yeah so Sure, Kershaw won um, NL MVP and the Cy Young that year, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the World Series MVP, okay. Yeah, he was good in a few games, Kershaw was good all season, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that season, the Dodgers won the division, the Giants got in on the wild card, Kershaw won the Cy Young and the NL MVP but still the Giants were able to make their way into the World Series and win the World Series largely because of Madison Bumgarner. He was so dominant, so dominant, just... He was, and when he came up in their rotation, they could kind of... I feel like they could kind of rest a little bit easier knowing that at least they had someone quality on the mound. I'm not saying that he wasn't a big part of their wins, I'm just saying it wasn't in that all World him. Series. And it doesn't reflect him as much as his stats and let's say like a Cy Young, which... Bumgarner doesn't have one. Okay, so Kershaw's won three Cy Youngs. That's regular season. Kershaw is notorious for tanking in the postseason. Notorious. In the World Series, he didn't do so bad. Uh, I think he won game one for us uh, last last season World Series against the Astros. Uh, but he has definitely had a reputation for choking in the postseason. What about Bumgarner? Bumgarner's been dominant in the postseason. Okay. 
So I don't know if those Cy Youngs can really help Kershaw edge out Bumgardner through and through. I think that definitely gives him an edge for the regular season and and gives him an argument for being a better pitcher if we're going to put these guys head-to-head, -head, which is exactly what we're doing. But Bumgarner's got a strong argument because of that 2014 postseason. I'm oh, just, of course. You know, they I mean, both he... have strong arguments regardless of anything. I mean, even though I'm saying that Kershaw's better, and obviously I'll say that until I die, I, I do acknowledge the fact that Bumgarner is a great adversary for him and... It's, it's a tough call, and I may only be leaning toward Kershaw and looking at the stats that I am, because as a Dodgers fan, I want to be able to say that he's better. You're so biased. <laughs> Viva los Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers, we believe. Dodgers, we believe. But um, you know a lot more about di the different pitches than I do. Can you talk a little bit more about their pitching styles? Sure. Uh, so both of the pitchers have great fastballs. Um, they got great uh, fastball selection, placement selection. They pitch it right on the edge of the zone or right outside of the zone, always in the corners. Uh, but Kershaw's strength uh, has been the slider and the curveball. That's where he strikes out the, the hitters. Um, he uses the fastball to later disguise um, the curveball and vice versa. Um, so either he's pitching the curveball way out of the zone, it starts out looking exactly like a fastball and the pitchers swing at it. Um, ideally, or also ideally, he um, pitches a fastball and they're thinking, oh God, I'm not going to swing at another curveball. And so they don't swing at it and ends up right at their chest. And they're like, wow, that could have been a nice big mm -hmm. meatball. So he's got the slider and the curveball. Uh, Bumgardner, he's got fastballs as well. And he's also, in, you know, when you're just looking at it um, anecdotally, just watching them pitch he's equally as good at placing them right inside the zone or right outside of the zone uh but he's got instead of the uh slider and the curveball he's got the changeup and the curveball uses his curveball i i think kershaw's got the best curveball in the history of baseball um with maybe the exception exception of uh sandy koufax and that's probably because koufax has actually had a personal hand in cur teaching kershaw how to throw the curveball that could that could help. I feel that like that's fair. But uh, instead of the slider, Bumgarner's also got the changeup that really helps him strike out these hitters. So they they both have very similar uh, uh, selections where the ball ends up. Very different deliveries. Um, Kershaw's got that kick. It's a, a very specific motion. Uh, Bumgarner's is a little bit more traditional, but it, in my opinion, it's just as smooth. It's just as beautiful. Um, I mean, if Kershaw is a better actual mechanical pitcher, it's, you can't see it with the human regular fan's eye, maybe by a, a professional pitching coach or something. But. I mean, I think right away with Kershaw, you can't normally see it. But let's think about more like his, his third time through the order. That's usually when Kershaw starts mm -hmm. to struggle the most. Mm -hmm. Kershaw, over his career, the first time through the order, he has dominated, completely dominated. He's got an ERA of less than one. Uh, second and third time through the order, that's when he faces any sort of trouble at all. Um, that's where a lot of his losses come in. That's where a lot of his runs come in. But um, we can't just have him in there for three innings every game. That's true. <laughs> I don't think our bullpen could handle that, especially now with that loss of Jansen that we talked about oh, earlier. Jansen being gone. Jansen, we really want you back. You're already missed. It already shows in our win-loss column that you're gone. We need you back, big man. We need you back. We want you back. Baby, come back. Jensen, come back. 
<laughs> yeah, well, um, hopefully Jansen comes back. I'm really enjoying this Kershaw Bum Gardner matchup today. I think that's all we have for you guys tonight. Hey, you guys, why don't you come to our, our Twitter? It's uh, at We Believe in LA. Um, yeah, Josie's uh, pretty great at, uh, at, at tweeting at the Dodgers. And so now, I guess the last thing we have to say to you is happy National Left-Handers happy Day. Happy La National Left-Handers Day. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Viva los Dodgers.